This is a Squeeze podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. This week, our podcast is brought to you by BHP. Reducing greenhouse gas emissions in the production of iron ore and copper is critical. That's why BHP has committed to solar, wind and battery agreements at mine sites across Australia. It's happening now at BHP. Visit bhp.com critical to find out more. UK politics, it's been a bit of a ride. And this week, the UK got a new Prime Minister. So in this Squid Shortcut, we look at why there's been a leadership change in Britain. We learn more about the new PM, Liz Truss, and the biggest challenges she's facing at home and abroad. Squid Shortcuts is the backstory to the big news stories. I'm Kate Watson. And I'm Claire Kimball. The UK Clare woke up to a new Prime Minister this week. It seems a little strange from afar because there wasn't an election. There was no actual leadership challenge. So it's not what we're used to here in Australia. Yeah, but don't be too hard on yourself uh, if you haven't kept up really with this one. Uh, We'll give you the rundown. Uh, Boris Johnson was Prime Minister until earlier this week. Uh, About two months ago, he announced his intention to resign after 50 of his Conservative Party MPs said that they couldn't support him anymore. Uh, He had a pretty long list of scandals following him uh, and his colleagues eventually said enough is enough. Yeah, right in the middle of those really strict COVID lockdowns back in 2020. Boris Johnson broke the rules multiple times. He hosted and attended parties in official government offices. It was kind of the straw that broke the camel's back. It made the people of the UK, although we can't speak for all of them, pretty cranky. Yeah, that was the sentiment for sure. Mm. Uh, And police actually fined him for that partying behaviour. That was a first for a sitting UK Prime Minister. But the immediate trigger for him standing down uh, was actually a sexual abuse scandal involving one of his MPs. Chris Pincher was forced to resign over groping allegations, and I'm not making that name up. Oh, it's a shocker. (laughs) Johnson said that he didn't know about the MP's history of similar allegations before he appointed him to a senior role, but it then emerged that he had actually been briefed about it. So this all happened quite a few months ago. I guess people might be thinking, why is there only a new Prime Minister now? And this is where there's a big difference between Australia and the UK. Yep. And the process of the UK Conservative Party is a real torture. (laughs) The first bit was in the hands of the Conservative MPs in the Parliament. All 357 of them had to narrow down the field of possible replacements for Johnson. In the end, eight MPs nominated. Then over a couple of weeks, there was a series of secret ballots in the party room and the candidate with the lowest number of votes got knocked out after each round. Uh, So eight became seven six became five, blah, blah, blah. It got whittled down to just two. Those were Liz Truss and Rishi Sunak. They were the final two standing. That's right. Liz Truss, the former Foreign Secretary, and Rishi Sunak, who was the former Chancellor or the Treasurer, if you want an Australian comparison. Uh, And then it was over to a vote of the broader Conservative Party membership to make that decision. So for more than a month, Truss and Sunak did all the usual campaigning stuff, TV debates, they gave speeches and they made promises. Which is all pretty typical when it comes to politics, but they were really only trying to appeal to their party membership. That's about 170,000 members. That's not the general public. 
Yeah, and the demographics of the Conservative Party membership are different to ordinary voters as well, uh, definitely skewing male, white, older and wealthier. And if you're wondering who's been Prime Minister for the past two months, well, Boris Johnson has still been doing the job. Probably fair to say he's been a pretty lame duck, though. (laughs) Yes, and in that time, he promised not to make new policies or big changes of direction. Uh, But he did have a lavish COVID-delayed wedding reception with his wife, Carrie, uh, in the English countryside and an extended honeymoon in Slovenia and in Greece. Yeah, Boris Johnson's a whole thing. I feel like we've sort of asked more questions about who on earth that guy is than we've answered. But, you know, he's old news now, so let's move on. (laughs) I bet Liz Truss is hoping she can inherit those honeymoon vibes, Claire. She's already made quite a name for herself on the world stage. Let's find out now a bit more about her. Claire Liz Truss has been Foreign Secretary or what we would call a minister in the UK, as you mentioned before. She's actually quite well known to world leaders, though not really a name that we recognise here in Australia. Yeah, and really the only time she got much media coverage over here was earlier last year. She was involved in free trade discussions with the then Trade Minister Dan Tehan Mm. and her office was caught briefing against him, uh, saying that he was inexperienced and that she was going to make him sit, and this is the quote, in an uncomfortable chair during the negotiations. And you'd have to be a pretty keen watcher of politics to even remember that story, I reckon. (laughs) She sent him a text to try and smooth things over. Let's take it back a bit, though. What's Liz Truss's life story? She's 47 years old. Her mum was a nurse. Her dad was a maths professor. And she says that her house was pretty left-wing growing up. By the time she got to university at Oxford, uh, she was studying economics and politics. She found herself moving towards the conservative side. She's actually an accountant by trade, but was pretty determined to get into Parliament. She had a number of attempts before she finally made it to Westminster, as they call it, back in 2010. And she was always on the track to bigger things. She was promoted by three British prime ministers over that time, Mm. uh, David Cameron, Theresa May, and then Boris Johnson, who made her the foreign minister last year. And it's worth noting that she was a Johnson loyalist until the end, uh, even when so many in his party had deserted him. Yeah, one of those people was her opponent at the end of this leadership race, Rishi Sunak. When he resigned from Johnson's cabinet, so many others followed him. Yeah, Rishi Sunak was the early favourite in this contest. He's a real rising star in the party. But in the end, he couldn't win over the conservative base of the party. But Sunak is just 42 years old. He also went to Oxford uh, and Stanford. He's an alumni of Goldman Sachs. So we probably haven't heard the last from him. Sounds like one of those annoying high achievers, don't you think? (laughs) Enough about the runner-up, though. We're not focusing on him. As I said, like Boris Johnson, old news or perhaps someone who'll pop up down the track. But let's talk a little bit more about Liz Truss, her full name, Claire. Her full name is Mary Elizabeth Truss. Don't call her Mary. She really doesn't like that. Got it. Uh, She's married with two teenage daughters. She loves 80s music, Girl After My Own Heart, Uh, (laughs) and she's partial to a bit of karaoke. She's even been spotted singing the Dirty Dancing anthem, I've Had the Time of My Life. 
oh, 80s music. I don't know. I missed it. <laughs> we'll see if she's still singing after a few months as the UK's Prime Minister. How are we going for all of these metaphors today? <laughs> There's quite a tricky set of challenges ahead. Let's get into the policy stuff now. Claire, we're working with BHP again on Weekly Wrap this week because they're keen to share with Squizzers how the resources they mine are key for our economy's shift to renewable energy. Yeah, so we often hear about the push towards renewable energy, but what doesn't get as much attention is the role that mining companies are playing in making that transition possible. Take steel, for instance. It's a key material used in the construction of renewable energy infrastructure, as well as bridges and transportation, hospitals and schools, and a big part of it comes from iron ore. That iron ore mainly hails from Western Australia, and BHP says the importance of responsibly produced Western Australian iron ore is clear. Yeah, and by that, they mean reducing the greenhouse gas emissions associated with iron ore production. That's why BHP has committed to a solar and battery agreement to help power their port facilities at Port Hedland. It's happening now at BHP. And if you want to learn more, visit bhp.com forward slash critical. You'll find that link in your episode notes. Financial Times newspaper says the new Prime Minister could have the shortest political honeymoon in the UK's history, given the scale of upheaval in the country. There's a lot going on. Yeah, the entry is pretty daunting for Liz Truss. Um, starting on the domestic front, the UK is like much of the rest of the world. It's battling cost of living issues. So in Australia, while inflation is at about 6%, in the UK, it's 10%. And one of the big reasons it's high over there is energy energy costs. Mm. The average household bill has nearly doubled over the last year, and that's got a lot to do with the war in Ukraine uh, and Europe finding it very hard to find substitutes for Russian gas. actually got my hair cut and my hairdresser Claire is British. Mm. One of the things she was talking about was this energy issue. It's clearly front of mind for so many people in the UK and even outside of the UK, even those living here in Australia. (laughs) It's biting over there. Yeah, and the government's already given households a one-off payment to help, but charities are saying that it's not nearly enough. And because this is all going to get worse because they're going into their winter, there's expectations the new Prime Minister will unveil a broader package and lock in ways to secure UK's gas supply so that the country's not in this constant crisis mode. There's been a bit of strike action here in Australia lately. Nurses, teachers and public transport workers walking off the job. That's all been pretty common here. It's also a brewing issue in the UK. Yeah, there have been train strikes in the UK over summer and it could get a whole lot worse. Union leaders covering workers across a whole range of sectors aren't happy with pay rises that are being offered, uh, especially with inflation running so hot. So it's a big one for the Prime Minister. Uh, Truss has said that she won't let the unions hold the public to ransom, so we'll have to see how that all plays out. Big promises. Of course, there's also Brexit, Claire. That's happened. The UK has exited the European Union, but it's still fairly messy. Yeah, Brexit. And that was really Boris Johnson's baby. Uh, He was one of the loudest voices uh, outside the parliament calling for the UK to leave. And then when he was in parliament, it was a deal done on his watch. He marketed it as Britain's taking back control. Uh, But it's still debatable about exactly how that's working out for England. 
As for Liz Truss, she did actually initially campaign pretty fiercely for Britain to remain in the EU. But now, Claire, she says she's a strident backer of Brexit. And it's her dealings on that that have created a whole lot of friction with European leaders. This is Liz Truss on the world stage that we were referring to earlier. Yeah, and she was asked if French President Emmanuel Macron was friend or foe just a few weeks ago. And she said the jury's still out. Uh, And that really got under Macron's skin can imagine he wouldn't have liked that too much. Lots of things are still really complicated around Brexit. One of the big issues for the new Prime Minister is around Northern Ireland. Claire, this is taking me back. Northern Ireland backstop. You remember that? Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, anyone who's been a squizzer for a long time will know what we're talking about. For the rest of you, don't even worry about it. Yeah, that nervous tick I had has just returned. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, we forget sometimes that Northern Ireland is part of the United Kingdom and the Republic of Ireland is a separate country uh, still in the European Union. So you can imagine there's all sorts of dramas when it comes to trade and the movement of people under a bunch of very complicated Brexit rules. Well done. That's a very good way to summarise a very, very big (laughs) issue. Truss has threatened to tear up agreements with the EU that the UK had signed as part of Brexit. She says the EU's rules are further dividing Ireland when peace is already so fragile there. Her proposed solution, though, is not winning her many friends around the world. Yeah, Truss is the author of legislation looking to overturn parts of the so-called Northern Ireland Protocol, uh, which spell out the customs and border rules on goods moving in and out. And even politicians in the United States have spoken out against it because they think that the UK is undermining international law. Yeah. And then, of course, we've got uh, the war in Ukraine. One place that Liz Truss is actually fairly popular is Ukraine. Yep, a quarter Vladimir Zelensky was number one uh, on her whip around world leaders when she got the top job. She's called herself a freedom fighter and as foreign secretary was very vocal in speaking up for Ukraine, uh, also organising defence and diplomatic support. Uh, Russia has equally made clear its contempt for trust. So that's a good summary of trust and domestic politics and world politics. What about Australia? Uh, Look, not really any changes for us here. One of the big things between us is, of course, the AUKUS agreement that was signed last year. That's that security pact between Australia, the UK and the United States. And Liz Truss was a big part of that. Uh, One of the key items in that agreement is the building of nuclear submarines. So as you say, no changes there. That's what made France so cranky because we were meant to buy subs off them, if you remember. Yeah, there's a whole shortcut on that. Um, But the perceived scale of the China threat in the Indo-Pacific region made Australia rethink that deal. Uh, And it's worth noting that just last week, Boris Johnson made the point of meeting our Deputy Prime Minister Richard Miles over in London, uh, saying that the Oz-UK relationship was more important than ever. Something that Liz Truss will reiterate, no doubt. That's your shortcut to the new Prime Minister of the United Kingdom. On to our recommendations. Each week we give you a recommendation for some further reading, listening or watching. There's a podcast by the BBC which is all about Liz Truss and how boring she finds all those comparisons with Margaret Thatcher and there have been a few. (laughs) Yeah, it's the one thing I remember talking about her right at the start. Uh, And look, for me, because who doesn't love a video of a Prime Minister dancing, uh, I've got you covered with a quick snippet of Liz Truss busting some moves. 
What is it with prime ministers and politicians dancing lately? It's a whole thing, isn't it? <laughs> it's just awkward. Yeah, it's totally awkward. Um, this is why we do a podcast. You'll never see us dancing. <laughs> <laughs> That's a guarantee. <laughs> Thanks for listening to this episode of Squeeze Shortcuts. As always, if you like what you heard, please tell people about the podcast. And if you've got a recommendation for a Squeeze Shortcut, send it through to hello at thesqueeze.com.au. Until next week. 